Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on an area such as marketing, sales, innovation or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players, where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entry or knowing how to navigate the uncertainties of disruptive developments. Mindfeeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I am working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation and marketing. Let's get started on today's episode. So today I am with Paul Ace from the UK and we are going to be discussing how to amplify your webinar through conversational commerce. Sounds really an interesting topic. And yeah, before we actually go deep in, Paul, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? So great, firstly, to be on the show, Christian. I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, really about myself. I started off working in a bakery and then went from a bakery to being a wedding singer for a living. And that turned into selling bridesmaids dresses online. And then somehow ended up where we are today, which is uh, we so we help clients with webinars, really amplify their webinar through conversational commerce. And some people might be wondering, what is conversational commerce? I've never heard of it before. We prefer to call it CECOM. Uh, just because you know we know people like slang terms for things so imagine if you could personally greet every lead as you guide them through the process and we're, we're looking at creating this 80 percent human-like experience and a 20 percent human experience that guides people on the customer journey holds a hand and then guides them towards the sale through your webinar wow that sounds really awesome is it um, something like avatars or what do i have to imagine yeah, so the, the, there's quite a few phases that we go through. So we look at every part of the customer journey. The, the first thing that's really important is looking at really paint, painting that picture of what's going on in your business right now. So a lot of the times when we first speak to a business, we'll we'll come in and we'll say, okay, cool. So what message is going out at that point? What's, and, and they're not sure what's going out where. So we actually paint that whole picture of the business and, and map everything out to see firstly if that messaging is congruent. And secondly, are we, are you bringing people closer to you or further away? Are you building that no like, and trust factor or are you pushing them away or, you know, just giving them the, the, the good old fashioned reminder emails, you know, before a webinar, which when people are getting those kind of things in their inbox every day, you, you need to be able to stand out. So one of the things that we look at is, okay, how can we pre-frame someone before the webinar? So by the time they get to that, they're already on side and, and they've already got that no like and trust factor where it feels more like a, a natural decision to go to the next step rather than trying to force the sale uh, and force it over the line and then we take that customer journey all the way through to the end uh including 
post webinar and also after the sale you know then how do we guide them to the next step of the customer journey through using that conversational commerce experience so uh, it doesn't matter as well which kind of webinar platform he, uh, the client uses. No, the the technology doesn't doesn't really matter. You know, we've got clients on GoToWebinar, we've got them on Webinar Jam, EverWebinar. Some clients use Stealth Webinar, Zoom. There's there's loads of different things out there. It's more about the the pieces of the puzzle that that you're fitting in there, right? It's it's about layering on top of and amplifying what's already working. So actually using your smart opportunities uh, in a better way, having data, knowing what's happening, and then reacting properly instead of being static, maybe. Yeah, 100%. And one of the one of the things on that is, you know, taking more of a conversational approach. And something to remember is every single, every single person that comes through your funnel is a human beating heart and a lot of people f forget that and they just start to see them as numbers right so what we look at is like how can we almost create this back and forth conversation how can we create that conversation in the emails that, were, that are written in sms follow-ups in things adding in things like voicemail drops when people have registered for a webinar or in the follow-up so you're getting this multi-channel approach where what we like to do, like, for example, in the emails, we will go, you you might be thinking this, that makes sense, right? Uh, mm. So so they're getting all those little micro cues and micro commitments as we're going through the copy. So by the end of it, they're already nodding the head and getting the buy in and, and, and naturally saying, yes, yes, I want this. I want the next thing that you're offering. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Definitely. Sounds really, really great. So um, uh, you, you mentioned as well before that uh, you have a great a big client base in the United States. Uh, so I suppose people in the US are very using a lot of webinars for selling products and services. Um, what's the typical kind of uh, product or service that somebody will be uh, using this kind of webinar system and scaling it out with that conversational commerce? Yeah, so you see a lot of people have different kinds of online courses and it doesn't really matter too much what the online course is. It's more about people buy from people, which, you know, and sometimes that gets lost in this, in in the modern world. Um, I, I know I spoke to a, a guy called Ted Rubin a while back and something that he phrases is ROR, return on relationships. Uh, and, and we look at how we can create a, a combination of that through that human-like experience and uh, a human experience. So uh, if you look at the different kind of online courses, we, we've got clients that are running financial education, uh, running teaching people how to sell beats online, uh, te teaching uh, other things like how to start your own online business. So there's there's lots of different things that it can work for. And it, it's also about like looking at each touch point that's going on. So for example, let's say you're doing a direct sale on the webinar. Now you might focus a lot on the pre-frame 
before the webinar. So you might focus a lot on, you know, warming those people up, getting those people excited about the webinar and what they're about to learn, building that connection with the audience through testimonials and case studies and and building a story and, and an emotional mm-hmm. connection. And mm-hmm. then when you get on the webinar, then people are, are more likely to buy. Now you've got the other side of things where people are selling to a book call. And if, if you're selling to... Um, you know, actually saying at the end of the webinar, hey, come and jump on a call and then we'll look at selling you this higher ticket product. Then if that's the case, then we still look at the same kind of process. However, we may focus a little bit more on the nurture before the pre-frame rather than pre-framing the mind for buying quite as quickly. Because Mm -hmm. the important thing as well is get that balance between pre-frame and nurture and also making sure you get enough people to show up. So you've got to create a combination between giving value, creating curiosity, and also building connection and rapport. And putting all those things together, then it, that's how you end up getting more core sales out the back end. That definitely sounds really uh, the way to go. And uh, how, for instance, how would it be, for instance, let's say if you were um, using a webinar, for instance, for a B2B business, Uh, let's say you want to sell to medium-sized companies and you have to use webinars, especially now when we think that many salespeople can't just go hop in a car and drive somewhere to a big uh, potential buyer. And, well, everybody's home office and they won't necessarily want to have you at home. <laughs> so you have to maybe sell it through a webinar or anything. Or even if it's, as you said, for instance, a Zoom call or whatever, Uh, that still needs some kind of preparation because otherwise people might not attend. Yeah, so as regarding that, there's, there, there has been a big shift, obviously, especially in the last 12 months. I think it's sped up the online world by about five years, people have said, and maybe even more now, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That being said, when you when you look at, where things are heading i think that the online course industry is predicted to be worth 325 billion dollars a year so a lot of these people that were doing live events before are now taking these live events and turning them into online summits or you know multi-step webinars so you've one of the things that we say early on in the process you've got to decide what your objective is so some people will look at the objective and say okay, I just want to generate leads. I want to generate brand awareness. And if you're a, a, a medium to, to large business, what you might be doing is just going, okay, we want to be at the forefront of people's minds. We want to give value and um, to, to our community that's already there and just educate them, right? So you've got educational webinars out there. And then also, you know, you've got the the more direct selling kind of webinars or the the ones that have got a bridge to get people on a product demo or things like that. So there is a lot of different angles that you can go at and there's no real right or wrong. It's what's important is you stay consistent with the angle that you, you're going to go at and, and do the testing and the tweaking to make that work. So we've got some clients, like I say, that sell directly on a webinar. Uh, we've got other clients that actually run like a four or five day challenge and then do a webinar on the last day of the challenge Uh, and then they convert a really high amount of people onto a higher ticket program because they've built so much like, know, and trust factor over that period of time. So our job as we come into those kind of businesses is to help the client to create as much engagement 
as possible in those first five days because we know if we get more eyeballs seeing that content and engaging with that content in the first five days the higher the close rate is going to be uh on the post webinar and also then making sure that everyone post webinar who's booked a call actually shows up for that call as well which again comes down to them pre-framing the call so you're always looking at pre-framing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing to guide people on that customer journey yeah, so even if it's, let's say, it's a medium-sized company and they're selling, um, let's say, pumps for, for factories, let's say, or some kind of fight, factory equipment or so, um, then it's a typical thing, of course, that where the salesperson can't go now to visit the client and he has to, inf I suppose, preface what, what are the new products, what are the new things, why is it worth investing? Because, of course, especially now, finance departments will try to keep the money together. <laughs> I think that's... Yeah available at all and not spend the money and of course on the other hand the engineers or the factory engineers need to of course somehow have argumentation to go and say we need to have this new system we need to be ahead of time because once the economy revives again in all different countries if others have it we will be too expensive we won't have the quality the fast and other things and that's i think maybe somewhere where webinars could be even helping as well the sales team as well to actually sell the products um, and it's an interesting thing because when you think of it most of these companies in these areas they do a lot of export as well so it's not just a local economy whether it's somebody who's selling uh, industrial products in the UK or they're selling it to uh, customers in let's say in Washington or in Florida California wherever it doesn't matter they'll have uh, all sorts of challenges now because they just can't cross the city and another state mm -hmm. yeah and i th i think on that note you know there's there's a different positioning that goes on through a webinar than mm -hmm. than goes on you know in a face-to-face -face sale so in a face-to-face -face sale you, you've got this back and forth where you can you can judge firstly you can judge the body language of the person that you're speaking to so mm -hmm. um you know, 38% of nonverbal communication, well, sorry, 38% communication is tonality, mm -hmm. right? And if you're presenting on a webinar, you're not getting that feedback from the other person. However, something that a lot of people don't focus on on the webinar is the tonality of how you're presenting that webinar. So are you adding in pauses through the process? Are you guiding people on this excitable journey and then, dropping and slowing your speech down you know how how are you guiding people on that process so i came from a, a background being a wedding singer mm -hmm. and being a wedding singer you had pretty much like about 10 seconds to capture an audience if you don't capture the audience in that 10 seconds then that that's it. it's game over you're going to be singing to a, a bookshelf all night which is we i'll be honest it's more fun if you if you're not singing to a bookshelf all night so I had to learn very quickly how to use tones and inflections and pace to guide people into this state to get them to, you know, move the body, get get on the dance floor, get moving. And one of the ways to do that that, that I used to use, and, and, you know, sometimes on the webinar this is uh, can be beneficial as well, is actually repeating that phrase and... You know, the you might have seen it in game shows and things like that where they used to go things like, oh, but we don't want to give you that, right? So so you might start off and, and it was like, is everyone 
is everyone ready to have a good time tonight? And people are like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I said, is everyone ready to have a good time? And then everyone's like, yeah. Right, because you have to, people naturally want to match the energy level that is, mm-hmm. is going on. So then you can apply that same thing to your webinar. So even if you're in, even if you're selling in industrial plumbing or machinery or whether you're selling an online course or whatever it is, having something that's also entertaining whilst being educational and transformational, that's that, that's really the triad that, that you're looking for to have it. Yes, it's educational. People feel like they're getting value. Yes, it's transformational. So it means people are, are, are taking their perception from what they think right now to to where you want to guide them to on that customer journey. And then thirdly, focusing on making it entertaining as well. And entertainment doesn't have to be, you know, like slapstick comedy or like really in your face. However, you can still create an engaging presentation with even in something that's quite a dry subject. And it's about looking at how tying those three things together can make webinars convert higher. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's uh, something that really gets you as well into your mind. Um, like a similar example, once when I used to go to um, the open mic evening in Angel Islington in the Borders Bookshop, there used to be always once in the month there was this meetups and there were singers, poetry people and so on. And you could sit down and listen to them. And there was this one guy who was, he, his nickname was uh, Poetry Man. He rattled down his poetry as if it was a machine gun. At first he said, oh, you can't cope. And then it was so fantastic how fast he went through it it was astonishing and then a different kind of talent um because of then you you just you can't actually react other than just listen to it because uh your your brain is just overwhelmed by the massiveness of the whole thing how it fits with it and so on and the same thing is as well when you look at uh, webinars and that if if the whole thing goes into your mind and your brain says wow that's actually what we need and Wait a minute, there's so much value and we're getting here and we find out this stuff I didn't know before and nobody told me. Why didn't they tell me? But this guy knows this stuff and so on. Well, with that, we can sell even more and more stuff. Then actually people, I think, are going to definitely buy in if uh, the value. And it doesn't matter whether it's being fast or slow. Maybe it's more fitting to the audience and what they really want. I'd say it's a combination of the two as well. That's what's really important is so too much of anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like... What Chris, Christian? What, what's your favourite cake in the world? Uh, Battenberg cake. Battenberg cake. I actually used to live on Battenberg Road. It was. Uh, it was. It, it didn't. It wasn't as a magical as place as you'd expect. We had uh, ten police raids in twelve months next door, oh. which was. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's a story for another day. But <laughs> let, let's say you, you right. Your favourite cake is Battenberg cake. Now I, I'm going to give you Battenberg cake today, tomorrow, the day after that. First week, I bet you're pretty excited, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I got a Battenberg cake seven days in a row. Now I want you to like fast forward in your mind 12 months. Now now you've had Battenberg cake for 365 days in a row. Is it still your favorite cake? Uh, no longer. But at least uh, with the Tetley's tea, it's the same thing. I've got, uh, we've got bags of Tetley's tea. Well, <laughs> every day Tetley's, that does, that's no problem. But definitely Battenberg cake every day, that would be too much. Now, 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 now fast forward again in your mind 30 years. Right. Imagine you've had Battenberg cake every day for 30 years. Is it still your favorite cake or are you just like, oh, my God, I've got to eat this cake again? 
No, but I'm, I'm sure I would explode. <laughs> right. So then when you think about your webinar and people, uh, someone may be listening to this going, well, what, why the hell is he talking about Battenberg cake? So when, when you think about that, right, on a webinar, yes, you may be fast. You may be a fast speaker and talk really quickly and get re- want to get through it all really, 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 really quickly. Or you may be this other kind of person that just talks slowly and everything is you know, you'll get to the point at the end and neither of them become entertaining. Why? Because your brain becomes immune to it because what is the brain always looking for? The brain is always looking for new things. And and why is that? Mm. The the reason for that is because if you go back to caveman times, you look, the brain was always looking for threats. So the brain is naturally trained to find new things, which gives it a hit of dopamine. And that dopamine basically sets the alert, alert bells off. So when you're looking at tonality and, and looking at the way that you're presenting your webinar and the words and the phrases that you're using as you're going through that, you've always got to be looking at, at creating pattern interrupts in there. So, for example, we we work on the, the roller coaster experience, right? So mm-hmm. you'll take someone on that journey where, Christian, we might be having that conversation quite you know le- leisurely as, as we're talking through. And, and as we're talking through, we're getting that a little bit faster and just a little bit more excitable. And then we kind of reach up to this crescendo point right at the top. And then things just drop down. And when those sentences drop, that's what you're really listening to now. You're not listening to the stuff really that was right at the top. You're listening to the stuff that I've now just brought the conversation down and I'm waiting and you um, when you start to pause more and more in that then it gets really not, not even theatrical it, it gets gets really poignant right because you're like well what's he gonna say next I'm not sure and then we can go through that process again and you do that throughout the webinar and it naturally takes people on this journey with you hmm yeah definitely and it keeps people awake but they don't still start clicking off or, or just walk away and get their cup of tea <laughs> or coffee and <laughs> stand in front of the Nespresso machine and you hear the eh, instead of actually them listening to you. Well, you haven't fell asleep yet, Christian, so I, I must have done something. Yeah, I had an espresso before. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that before we started record our interview. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that that just gives you a better idea, you know, when from a tonality perspective, that's how we work. And then also when you're looking at compelling copy, something that we really focus on is is micro commitments. So micro commitments, uh, and some people may be like, "What are micro commitments?" And you may have a good idea, and, mm-hmm. and essentially what they are is very small, tiny commitments that you get people to take throughout the customer journey. So imagine you walk into a car dealership, right? So you walk into the mm-hmm. car dealership and first thing they do, it's like, hi, how can I help you today? What are you looking for today, right? So they ask you what you're looking for and then you say, I'm looking for this kind of car, right? So then they, they walk you through that process They go, great, we've got this one, this one, this one, and this one. Um, which one of those is standing out to you the most? Would um, do you do you like the feel of that one? Yeah, yeah, great. And this has got that on it as well. That's that's quite a cool feature, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. So what you're doing is you, you you're like you're pre-selling and, and creating micro commitments all the way through. How many micro commitments do you think, on average, someone should be doing in a in a webinar, Christian? And like, 
if if you if you got this right, I'll be honest, like I'd be very surprised. <laughs> um could be somewhere between five and ten. Uh, 150. 150? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then a lot of people might be listening to this right now and and asking themselves the question and going, how am I going to say do 150 micro commitments? Getting people to say yes or getting people to buy in 150 times in 90 minutes. That's just a crazy thought, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a micro commitment, right? <laughs> and there's a crazy thought, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, that is a crazy thought. Right, so all the time, and I'm like, if I could show you a way to do 150 micro commitments within a 90 minute period, is that something you'd be interested in? Definitely, I think so. People definitely would want to have it. And and if yeah. you could use that, if you could use that in your webinar, it'd probably increase conversions, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So this is you see, I've I've just done like five micro commitments. They're right there. Wow, because we, we we've just <laughs> just like walk back through that. It, you'd be interested in that, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I would. Great, and you'd probably agree if that happened, it'd increase your sales, right? And you're like, yeah, it would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So constantly, and maybe on your side of the mic right now, <laughs> you're nodding your head, Christian, just going, yes, this makes sense. This is it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> And what happens over time is you do that more and more. You start to do it without thinking. My wife, it does my wife's head in, to be honest, because I have this thing of saying right quite a lot at the end of the sentence, so just with that little bit of curiosity tone. And when you start adding those in and tie that in with tonality and then start at, using other embedded language patterns, things like, you know, you may be thinking in your mind right now as we're talking together, and, mm-hmm. and then you start to create that picture in your mind. And mm-hmm. as you see that picture in your mind and you see that picture getting bigger and bigger and going into full color, as as you look at that, the sound gets louder and louder. As, as you're seeing yourself on that webinar right now, closing more sales because you're using those micro commitments, because you're putting those tools into action, you've got the confidence, you feel your shoulders have come back, your head is held high. You feel really excited. You see that picture's getting wider and wider and wider as you look into the mirror going, yes, I'm a confident closer. Mm-hmm. Right? All, all that kind of language patterns guiding people through the webinar like that, It's you probably agree it's probably going to close more sales, right? Yeah, definitely. It'll get people as well to stay longer mm. because you have to keep them as well to stay long enough until you actually can get them to understand okay what what am i buying what's going to cost what what am i getting why should i buy it what's the benefit because people may think oh maybe i do it myself maybe i do this or maybe i buy something else so i've already seen that other thing or they just think okay i just need a webinar system and i just do it instead of actually going through the whole thing what you actually need as you mentioned before um we need as well of course the data we have to know what the people are doing to keep them along instead of losing them halfway exactly you know we we use the phrase you can have the best party in the world but if no one shows up is it really the best party in the world you know you're just going to sit in the corner eating sausage rolls and and battenberg cake on your own and it's it's not quite as fun (laughs) yeah exactly and that's the thing otherwise you you need another webinar to at least make it the virtual pub or whatever 
so that you can have it exactly and that's the thing uh in today's time of course businesses are so busy trying to find new ways to sell stuff and they may be trying out different kind of platforms but they don't really know uh the real how and the why is actually how to get this stuff really to be successful and not just something where they spend money on on social media and so on just to get people to sign up because i see sometimes these ads on facebook and other platforms I click on them and I see, oh, I'm supposed to wait five hours till I can see the webinar. And I know exactly because of the platform that they're using, it's all recorded anyway. Mm -hmm. And then I don't have the patience anymore. Then they lose me already because I say, oh, I'm the sort of red type. So I say, no, I want to have it now or not. And then I don't, don't buy and I don't come back again. I don't bother anymore. Because then I was actually really keen on seeing the webinar would have listened to it to the end at that point and i can imagine that's something but then your systems your platforms your philosophy then actually would notice hey we're losing a lot of people who actually not signing in they've signed up but they're not actually logging into the webinars because we forced them to wait two hours four hours or whatever and sometimes people maybe have now the time to listen to it so we have to get them now on the webinar because now they're have got the time and the patience as well to listen to us and yeah take up the opportunity that we're offering them on the webinar and and there's a you, you know there's a balance between the two and these are things are always worth split testing depending on what the offer is how complex the offer is what buying state people need to be in what the price point is so if you're if you're selling something that's three four thousand or plus and and you're going to put people on a book call then you know we found with one client that they they had better conversion rates in the end when they made people wait 24 hours and created mm. this real like live process where it naturally hey the webinar is tomorrow at this time we do it once a day at this time and mm. and that was it however it was yes it was pre-recorded but it felt a lot more live than than this one where you know they say oh it's starting in 15 minutes or or whatnot and you're like well it's not really starting in 15 minutes is it um so the other opportunity is going the completely the opposite way where like you say you just give them the option to watch it there and then now the the thing that's important there is then seeing where the drop-off points are so we were going through with a client um a week or so ago looking through their vimeo account because we we did a more of a hosted video on the site and then we mm -hmm. go okay well are people actually seeing the pitch because there's no point focusing on improving your pitch if no one's seeing it. And there's no point improving the content part if no one's getting past the introduction. So firstly, you've got to go, right, is there any, like when you look at those graphs where you see customer drop off, you go, is there any points in there where you're really seeing people drop off right now? And then what could we do? So something we're testing out in the next few weeks is going to be helping a client uh, build a, a short form webinar, right? Which is almost like a, a long form VSL, long form mm. video sales. Like it's going to be like 20 minutes. And instead of going down the traditional webinar route, we're looking at applying the complete opposite where we take all the objections that a client has and, uh, and shatter them in a anti webinar, right? So instead of trying to, you know, when you have a lot of marketers that almost like hide from, from mm. these things and they're like oh yeah i don't want to tell you that i don't want to tell you that we're just like listen i'm going to tell you the price up front uh, and we don't know how this is going to perform yet by the way so it'll be interesting listening about this podcast in a year <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. but like just to, to say this is the price up front 
look, this is this is uh, the great stuff that people have been saying. This is also the stuff that people say about us that, that maybe isn't so nice, right? Because people hide so much or the any bad press or anything like that. Sometimes if you just put that out there up front and say this is why someone said that. So you know if you've got if you've got let's say someone's put a smear campaign out there against because as you grow and as you scale, let's let's say you're doing five hundred thousand dollars a month, there's going to be someone out there who's a hater, right? Because yeah. you don't get to five hundred thousand dollars a month without having a few haters because you you need to be prolific one way or the other anyway. And what you find is there's a lot more of these people popping up who haven't even bought the course, haven't even like logged into anything, and then they'll go and put a negative review out there. So if you actually challenge that on the webinar and say, hey, this is what this person said. So let's just let's just tackle that right now <laughs> before we go any further, as opposed to trying to shy away from it and, and deceive people, just being like this t- totally honest and ethical process. Yeah, because people will Google it anyway, and then they'll finally start thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't buy this. Obviously, a hook in it. Um, yeah, but that's that's how it is. And I think uh, some of these haters that you mentioned, they're either competitors or people who are just unhappy because your ad... I had one, for instance, uh, we had some ads running some time ago as well, and it was interesting. One person got annoyed because it was popping up at that time when he was surfing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had one of those as well. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah, they want to have Facebook for free. But actually, Facebook, of course, has to refinance its business through advertising. Yeah, and it's not for free because people are actually paying with their data, with with their content that they're generating. Otherwise, Facebook would close its stores tomorrow. Exactly. You know, there's a. I know there's a lot of changes going on from Mm. a cookie perspective and everything like that at the moment. But yeah, going back to really that conversational commerce experience, like when you remember every person that comes through the door is a human beating heart, then Mm. then you know you can you can build that relationship with them before the webinar, on the webinar, and then post webinar. So you want people to feel good about buying, not not scared to buy. Yeah, you know. So tight, and and you know, at the same time, if if you don't talk about people's pains on the webinar, and you only talk about their desires, say pain is twice as powerful as as uh, pleasure. So. You've you you you've got to put that out there because if someone wants a transformation in their life, sometimes it takes an element of pain to create the pleasure and the transformation they want. That's that's why we focus on transformation over education. Yeah, and people just need to have the objections handled before in time, so that they don't start popping out later on once they are wanting to press a button or wanting to fill out the form with the credit card details and so on. We just need to have it handled before and then. The stuff is ticked off and it's no longer an issue. And yeah, and actually the payment action is then much faster because there's no no objection more in their mind. Yeah, 100%. It's yeah. fantastic. So, um, Paul, it was great having you here on the show. If people want to connect with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can head over to amplifycom.com. That's amplifycom no hyphens or anything dot com 
and um yeah there's some free resources on there and also some more ways to you know get get in touch with us and uh yeah we'd love to help and support you with your your webinar and uh building a conversational ccom system into your business yeah that's great so wonderful Um, and then we'll see how we'll be. I think in the future we'll be doing surely another um, conversation here on the show on other similar topics around webinars. Fantastic. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Growth Zone with Christian Barge. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website follow.com prmediareach.com I will be adding the link also to the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. For those of you who are listening and signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a free copy of the ultimate guide on content marketing. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years. It also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized entrepreneurs and enterprises as clients. And that even included international clients from all around the world. The link to sign up for our free broadcasting service and the guide is follow.prmediareach.com That will give you access to the most recent version of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me as well on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CAP Barge. That's spelled Charlie Alpha Papa Bravo Alpha Romeo Tango Sierra Charlie Hotel. Yes, that is CAP Barge. Charlie Alpha Papa Bravo Alpha Romeo Tango Sierra Charlie Hotel.